0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, let's get started. Welcome back to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. Guys, I cannot believe we actually have this woman on the show today. Kara Golden is here. You guys know any video that you see me doing, there is a Hint Water by my side. And we have the one, the only creator of the breakthrough, Hint Water. So uh, Kara, first of all, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having me.
0: And Hint was so needed in the world for so long. Like it's it's crazy because I I read your bio I read you know the story of like how you came about creating it to break break the soda habit right you had to break the soda habit but isn't it crazy that there was no middle ground there was no middle ground
1: right yeah I mean and and it was I mean I wasn't sort of a typical entrepreneur that was you know coming from one of the large beverage companies to develop this product either so I was really when I made that discovery, I was coming at it from a consumer perspective, like looking for this product, and I was shocked, as you know, as you're explaining the same the same way that everything, you know, in, it, at least in the still water market, in the carbonated water, there were you know, you know carbonated waters with some different flavorings in it. Um, that's a whole other story. That a lot of the flavorings were not using real fruit. Um, yeah. they had too much sodium in them. And I didn't, you know, personally, I didn't sort of have an issue with, with sodium. Um, I just, I really craved sweet and I loved sweet things and I still crave sweet things. And so for me, it was really, you know, trying to find a water product that didn't have, you know, sweeteners in it um, that, and that really was helping me to enjoy water.
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's very interesting because I remember in my journey before discovering hint water, I was looking and looking and looking and I would always try the the hint of like whatever it was. Like you know how so many companies have tried to do it and it's like it's that fake sweetener. Yeah. It's like super, super sweet, but it does it doesn't taste natural, you yeah. know. He's immediately. So I can't tell you how many wasted. And then I would just resort back to like unsweetened iced tea because I could never find anything that was just, you just wanted the hint. And it's so, so cool that as a consumer, like that you developed that just to fill that gap. It wasn't even like you were just an entrepreneur that was looking for a new product to fill, because I think so many times people think everything's been done everything's been created. The market is so crowded. Well, no, like this was a huge gap that no one had done
1: well. Right. It's, it's funny. I've been spending this weekend. I was, um, I have a book coming out in October. And so I was doing my finy. it's it, final. It, I don't know if you're familiar with this lingo. I wasn't before, but it's called the galleys that you get back yeah. from your publisher. That is basically the you know, the final, final, final yeah. and going through reading and rereading and editing and, you know, making sure that it's all, you know, in there and accurate. And um anyway, as I was like going through them this weekend, I, I uh, realized like, you know, that's really the key theme, theme in it is, it is, you know, it's called undaunted. Um And that people would say to me, gosh, like you're fearless, you're, you know, I don't know, you're, you're, um, you're so brave, whatever, that you're going and doing this. But I think for me, I, I've always had this belief that if you actually realize that something isn't in the market and like there's a 50-50 shot that it's actually not in the market, and if you do a little bit of research and like not incredibly like tough to do a little bit of research in order to understand if your idea is actually new or not new, um, and you find out that there's nothing like that in the market and you think it's really going to be solving a problem, then like, I really believe like you've been gifted to go do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And I mean, there's a million, lots of different categories that are out there where you kind of hear the founder talk the same way. I mean, Sarah Blakely from Spanx, yeah. or, um, you know, there's there's a lot of them. Um Leslie Blodgett from Bare Essentials. I mean, you just talk it's just like they figured it out and they were shocked that this product wasn't in the market because they felt like it would help them. And the, anyway, I just I think like it's it's just it's a little bit of um I don't know, it's it's really about the journey and really recognizing, you know, that if you're actually getting it placed right in front of you, like why not actually see where it goes and see what happens with it, so. No, I I
0: love that, I love that. And I I think it it is, it's so, I love how you said, if you recognize something like that and then you find out that it truly is a gap that you are being gifted with that. Because I, I think, entrepreneurship is such a calling, right? And yeah. it's so much about the journey. And I, I always say to people, it's it's such a long-term journey. It's such a long-term journey. You have to be in it as much for the growth that you'll experience as a person, as for the growth that you'll experience as the, the business and financial outcomes come because the growth as a person is what allows you to keep
1: going, to get yeah, to the
0: point. Totally. And I think,
1: like, I think it's also, you know, there's some people who make this discovery but actually don't have curiosity. Like I, you know, I feel like there's this curiosity component where people are, you know, I would guess like the same people that are like really those type of entrepreneurs love doing puzzles. They may not have time to do puzzles, but they like, you know what I mean? They're just, they they work, like it's okay to just keep going and then walk away from a project for a while and then come back again tomorrow thinking, okay, I got to, Get this done today, and you know, and just keep going on it. But but there's also an element of curiosity, like why isn't it like this? And and I think that was really it for me. I mean, you know, quickly my backstory for those who don't know it. I I drank a ton of diet coke, and I was drinking diet coke for years, and I had developed um, terrible like adult acne that I didn't even have as a kid. Mm -hmm. I, um, my energy levels were really low. Um, and I had at that time, I had three kids and now have four kids. Um, and I was really trying to figure out why I had like, well, I knew I had gained weight through all the pregnancies, but, um, I was 55 pounds overweight. I was, you know, it was a, And 55 pounds, I was always a pretty small frame person. And I I just was, I just didn't feel good, like ever. And I just didn't, you know, forget about the way that I looked. I wasn't happy with that too. But I just really like from a health perspective, I felt like, what is going on with me? Like, why can't I lose this weight? I really didn't think it was anything with the diet soda that I was drinking because it was called diet. And that was like the the problem too that I looked at was that I never drank water. I sort of convinced myself that all of these you know diet sodas that I was drinking were like made up of water, right. so it must be fine. But also it was called diet. And so when I recognized that I had been fooled into actually believing something was better for me, yet it was actually kind of the core of what was like causing me health issues and you know, and I think I caught a lot of those health issues before they happened. I, you know, have talked a bit about this. I think I was, um, I think I was on the verge of something called type two diabetes. I never was actually diagnosed with it, but I had all the signs of, you know, type two diabetes, which by the way is when I started Hint 15 years ago was like, 2% Two percent of the population had type 2 diabetes or prediabetes. Today, according to the Center for Disease Control, 45 percent of the population has type 2 diabetes or prediabetes. The majority of those people claim to be, you know, watching their calorie intake, eating eating or drinking low fat or diet, and um, and I was. just Stunned that, that there weren't more regulations around, you know, these buzzwords that were like really tricking people into believing that they were healthier than they were. So Once I um, swapped out my diet coke as, you know, really just a test to see what would happen um, and I was I was forcing myself to drink, you know, all these glasses of water before I would go to bed at night. I thought if I could just throw a lemon in there or a cucumber or raspberries, then it actually gives me some kind of taste and I'll continue on this path. And so in two weeks, I had lost 24 pounds. In six months, I had lost 55 pounds. And you know, I also just realized that it just made like lots of other changes in, in my life too. My skin cleared up, my energy levels cleared. I no longer was craving sweets. I no longer, you know, was craving carbs. I was really like, you know, I, I just like, I craved a lot of protein. I craved, you know, fruits. Um, I, I just, it, it just like totally reset me. And I think I really, you know, got it early, but again, like, I think it's like this dirty little secret that's out there that there's so many food and beverage companies that are out there. And I think what's just really, frankly, sick is that you know we feed into it, right? And and you know we go buy these products and we allow this stuff to go on, and you know people are even willing to pay more at some of these you know fancier stores that are out there, or you know assume because it's in the natural or organic area of the store they'll pay a little bit more for it, and you know it, there's huge questions as to what they're actually doing from a health perspective, so. I was a tech executive. I was not a, you know, consumer products in terms of food and beverage, or I wasn't a, um, you know, a health expert or anything like that. I was a consumer who just said enough. And when I figured out how to, you know, really solve this problem, and I saw this problem in front of me, I thought, if I don't do this, none of the soda companies are going to do it. Um, you know, I think that this is something that is, that is going to happen, but, um, but, you know, I, I've been gifted this to, like, go out and do it. And, you know, 15 years later, we're the largest flavored water company in the U.S. today. Uh, we don't have any association with any of the soda companies. We're, you know, nationwide in lots of stores. We, you know, have our own direct-to-consumer business, which is the world that I came from, that I knew, um, that's over 50% of our overall business. Um, and it's uh, so we've just really, we've done a lot to not only, you know, change the, the paradigm for sort of what products get offered to consumers, but also how consumers ultimately choose on where to buy products from. Because so many of, you know, the options in grocery stores are literally like, these large, the, the large CPG companies, like buy real estate yeah. in these stores. And so consumers can't get access to, you know, quality foods, or, you know, it takes a PhD in food science to really understand what the heck you're buying. So, um, so anyway, that, that is like, you know, has been the, the, the fun, the frustration of the journey. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's pretty, crazy, I think, looking back on it and sort of seeing what we've done. And we started in, in beverages, as I mentioned, a couple of years ago, I launched a sunscreen as a redhead and yeah. I had, um, some issues with skin cancer and, and on my nose and found out that it was, uh, you know, there were a lot of problems with our um, sun care um, business too. And, you know, if you're a woman who wears foundation and you've got SPFs in a lot of these foundations I, I put a lot of faith in, in the SPFs that are in a lot of the makeups and like learned a lot about you know how those are you know kind of not necessarily regulated in, in a you know clear way either um, and then we most recently launched a deodorant um, that is uh, aluminum free, Um, it does not have a coconut base, um, which is, uh, we don't use any class one allergens in any of our products, and coconut is uh, great as long as you aren't allergic to it, but many people, because it's a class one allergen, are allergic to it, so a lot of these better for you deodorants that are out there have uh, a coconut base, but not Hint, Um, so, uh, so it's been really fun to continue to, you know, develop products that are really good for consumers and, and hopefully we're also showing, you know, personal care as well as beverage companies that consumers, you know, have an option now and they need to clean up their products.
0: Absolutely. It's huge because, you know, almost every beverage that you can get in the grocery store, you look at it, you spin it around, it's owned by one of the major soda companies, Mm -hmm. People don't even know they're drinking the same thing. It's just, you know, a little spin on this, a little spin on that. Um, So the fact that you guys have been able to rise up the way that you have independently, right? I am sure that you have definitely scared the crap out of them with what you guys have done. Um, Have you had had some interesting run-ins on that journey? Like, I'm sure they don't want to see you guys continue to elevate the way that you are. I mean, they've successfully bought out almost every other, you know, form of competition that they've had.
1: Yeah, you know, probably one of the best stories, um, I have a few stories, but one of the best stories I remember, it's probably a year into starting Hint, and a friend of mine knew somebody at one of the large soda companies. And she sent me over this deck, and the deck showed me, um, like, my hair had been photoshopped, and I was like, I had it in braids, and I had, um, and I I was wearing a a pair of overalls, and nothing against overalls, but like, I I actually don't have any, and um, so it sort of showed me like as this farmer, I guess, or like, it was just this really, you know, country girl who's, you know, starting this company in San Francisco, earthy, crunchy, I like it was just hysterical and how, you know, we need to stop them before they grow this and it probably won't go anywhere. And you know, it's, it's interesting because they acquired Coca-Cola acquired um, vitamin water for $4.2 billion. Um, and it, it was, it was fascinating. You know, this was kind of this deck was sort of after that whole thing happened. And, but what, you know, I've realized along the way is that they've actually Coke in particular has knocked us off like six times now over the last like 15 years. And I remember the first time that they knocked us off, I thought, oh my God, this is really bad. I started crying. Like I was just like, you know, we might as well close shop and Then we were, you know, I don't know, busy. And so we stopped focusing on it, just wanted to see what would happen. And so I think like once you get going and you see people sort of copying you, it's, I don't know. I think my mom used to like say to me way back when, you know, copying is like flattery or something. Like I used to tell myself, okay, well, they're copying, but they actually have a lot of money and they have a lot of connections with a lot of these stores. So they'll crush me and... And a few times, I mean, we were kicked out of, early on, we were kicked out of Target by a relationship that they had with uh, one of the big companies, I can't remember. Um, But what I found is that at their core, they're actually, you know, really focused on what the company is named and those products, whether it's Coke or Pepsi or Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. And so, you know, for them to actually go and like make a real run at doing something that is in any way, shape or form counter to, to sweet is really, really hard. Right. And, and so you, and so what I realized is that, and, and I think this just goes into, you know, a huge lesson that I talk about in the book a little bit too, is, um, understanding who, you know, not only who you're, customer is and, you know, sort of what they want, but also understanding who your competition is and how they think about things Mm -hmm. is like what their beliefs are, like put your hat on. Like if you worked inside of those companies, like what, what would you be trying to, you know, do outside of sort of saying that that's a stupid idea that Kara's doing or Hint's doing or whatever, like what would you really be focused on and then really understand how do you build that into your strategy? Right. And, and really try to, and be able to like arm your sales force. I mean, at the time it was me going into stores, but I was really ready, you know, to say like things like, you know, like we don't know what diet really like means? Do you know what diet means? And a lot of these buyers would look at me and they're like, oh, that's a really good point. And then I'd say, you know, what about vitamin water? Like how many vitamins are actually in the vitamin water? And now fast forward 15 years, I mean, they've had multiple lawsuits over that, you know, just like about how many vitamins are actually in there. But again, I think it's just, you can only focus on what you're doing and, and your, and what you, your promises. But I think it's always just really smart to sort of understand, you know, what challenges they may be up against and, you know, and, and even in, in the case of like, you know, sun care, I mean, we were one of the first to come out with a um, sunscreen that wasn't mineral based that didn't have oxybenzone in it. And so oxybenzone is an ingredient that the Center for Disease Control actually recommended in the late 70s not to approve um, when the FDA approved it, because they said that it may actually um, enhance pre-cancer cell growth underneath the skin. And I thought, here I am like wearing sunscreens for years, not really thinking, um, you know, that I was doing this damage and sort of actually like putting a chemical on that, you know, not only aggravated it, but exactly. like made it happen and made it yeah. made it grow. And so uh, after we developed Hint and, you know, got the FDA approval, all sunscreens are FDA regulated. And so after a year, we got the approval. I got a phone call from one of the major um, sunscreen companies, and they wanted to come into the office and like talk to me and people on my team were, were like, that's just crazy. Like, why are you talking to them? And I'm like, because I want to learn, like, I want to know more about what they're doing. And of course, I'm not going to tell them everything that we're doing. You know, I'm smarter than that, but I just was like, yeah, come on in. Like, I'd love to meet you. And, and what I realized is that they had all these products that maybe there were one or two people that really wanted to reformulate, but like this major sunscreen company told me that they would have to reformulate over 70 products in order to actually like, you know, do what we were doing. And so that's impossible. There's expenses, there's marketing, like there's, I mean, there's time, there's like all of these, you know, issues that go into that. And so I think like recognizing what the problems are that these large companies have. And, you know, it makes your job look easy as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, because you have the ability to adapt. You can yeah, make fast. That's sure all you do
1: progress. all day long so
0: quickly. And I think people don't realize when you're when you're the little guy and you are growing, you are agile, you can innovate, you can change so quickly. But also there's a reason why they didn't go there. It's totally so expensive and hard. I say this all the time. Going the extra mile is expensive and hard. Mm-hmm. If you are willing to do that, you are not going to have a lot of competition because do you think that they don't know that their product has that in it? Of course they know that. They don't care right. because it's so expensive and it's so hard for them to pivot that they've chosen not yeah. to, right? Until, so you,
1: I, until you come out and you yeah, start exactly, to get the exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. We don't even have to like name these other brands and like, and that's, you know, sort of another part of our marketing. We don't go out of our way to like name a, you know, diet Coke or a vitamin water in our marketing. Instead, we say that, you know, we're great for all diets. We're, you know, we're like really about health. We're about less ingredients, not more. It's true that we don't have any calories in our product, but we're not even convinced that calorie counting is actually the thing that you're supposed to do, depending right. on who you talk to. Right. And so we're like, we just help you drink water. Yep. That's it. That's all we do. And it tastes better. And we have over 20 flavors. And, you know, that's it. And, and so I- that's how we sell it.
0: And, and I was preparing for the interview and I literally just saw that you guys have at-home delivery now of cases, which I did not even know. I'm like making- oh, wow. I make him go to the store and he hauls the cases back. So now you guys, you can sign up and you can get delivered. For all of you guys that do live launches, go get on auto delivery, get them delivered to your home office, stack them next to your desk. You will thank me later. Um, but Kara, I love everything that you're doing. Um, it's amazing just the innovation of the products that you're bringing to the market that are so needed and, and you've just done the work. And that's what's so awesome about it. You chose to take the gift and to go do something with it. And now you're helping so many people with you know the, the simple innovations. But I love how you started with seeing the need for yourself as a consumer And then going out and fulfilling it for yourself and then others. And I think for everybody listening, you know, so many times you've experienced the problem already. You see the problem already. It's like, step up, step forward, you know, make it happen.
1: Absolutely. And I think like, that's just, that's just so important for people to know. And, you know, I've, I've talked to entrepreneurs in the past too, where they're, they're starting to do research on something and then basically, they, you know, recognized that maybe the end product was not exactly what they had envisioned it to be. But along the way, they actually figured out some other thing that was like, and so that's what I mean, that like, don't be afraid to just go try. And, um, and you know, and also the number the number of entrepreneurs that i know that have gone out and you know failed and then or they can they even talk about how it failed and i i believe like if you actually know why something didn't work or sort of what the challenges are it just makes you that much more interesting right like how you know you're just looking at stuff and and suddenly you're you know saying well i'm not going to make these mistakes and you know and uh, along the way i mean it it was interesting i was just on this other uh interview talking a little bit about this i mean we're we're recording this just after you know being in shelter in place and and uh you know living that way for the past couple of months and hint is um you know basically through the whole process we already had a direct to consumer business set up we are an essential product which meant that you know we we were stocked in stores and it had to remain stocked at at all times. So, you know, we were really fortunate from a category standpoint. Um, But I feel like, you know, we have lived through 2009 and we've lived through some other natural disasters that have gone on, nothing like COVID, but, you know, between the fires and floods and sort of other issues that have happened in the U.S. Like we kind of knew how consumers would react to things yeah. in terms of, you know, like we weren't surprised about the hoarding, but we sort of ha- could predict kind of how long it would go on, right. um, a bit, and and you know really sort of remain calm to some extent and start to plan around that because we, you know, had seen sort of other things before, and I think that. It's the same thing for if you start a company or you have an idea that you're just researching. If you can, you know, look back on those times when you were starting to go through a process and, and you know, get, whether it's get information or actually launch a company, it's never waste, time wasted. Like, it will help you in the future to sort of understand, you know, should you be worried about something, shouldn't you, and ultimately be able to just do better. For
0: sure. I love it. So, so much goodness and, and a lot of great, a lot of great advice and a lot of great just uh, points that you made for reflection for people that they can apply to their own journey wherever they are. So um, any, any uh, uh, words of wisdom that you want to share with the listeners just about some of the biggest things that you've learned on your journey through the highest highs, the lowest lows, the the message that you would want entrepreneurs to remember from our conversation today?
1: I think the key thing is just try, right? Like I think it's just, you know, if you, if you think about life as one that is, you know, you're dealt, you know, a set of cards and you either play them or you don't. Right. And you just have to go out and try. And, you know, I just don't want to like get to the end of my life and think that I didn't try to do a lot of different things, right? Like, and I, I believe that, I mean, I think about it all the time. Like, I always have kind of my dream list, right? Whether it's like, you know, things that I want to go do or, um, you know, I challenge myself um, every year to, to really kind of face my fears. We all have fears, right? Um, but I think that it really boils down to don't ever let anything Kind of scare you too much and you know it's for me it was like i i'm terrified of heights and so i um you know had grown up in arizona and had always like had this vision for like the grand canyon as something that i couldn't do because it's you know like extremely high and extreme like you have to hike we i ended up hiking all the way down and back up and it was uh you know over 20 miles in one day and you know a, a, like pretty significant um, experience. And what I realized is that I could do it if I put a plan in place to be able to do it. So for me, it was actually going down the mountain when it was dark. So I started at four o'clock in the morning because I couldn't see. And then once I was on the bottom, I was fine. And actually going back up was not a big issue for me. It was the down that really, really got me, you know, like nervous about it, but I couldn't see it. And so so if you start to ask yourself, like, how can I do that? Like, no matter what it is, like, well, if it was this, if it was this, start to put little plans in place along the way. And I think that goes true for, holds true for life and as well as just business, business, right? Try to figure out. People ask me all the time, like, should I leave my job and should I go start this company when I'm out speaking? You know, I feel like that's like the number one thing. And- I like only you can decide that. Right. But I do believe that you can start to like use your weekends to start to flesh some of these things out, start to block time to actually figure out, you know, what do you want to do? You know, start journaling, start like thinking about like, you know, being by yourself and just thinking about like, what do you like doing? Like what makes you happy? Like what, what makes you smile? Cause I feel like that's the other thing that is a key component of entrepreneurism is there's a lot easier ways to make money. Um, It's sometimes a little bit lonely, um, especially when you're, you know, trying to kickstart something and you may not have a lot of money to be able to do it. You have to do the production and the sales and the marketing and, you know, all of the aspects of it. And, you know, there's, there's only so many hours in a day. And maybe also, you know, raise a family right and cook dinner and ma- do the laundry and everything else and get some exercise in like I, I i say to people like there's there's all these things that sort of come up along the way that you better be doing something that you really believe you can have impact and you know will be good to do so great. Love
0: it. Thank you so much, Kara. Yeah. I know You are a busy woman. I am so excited to see the, the future of Hint. And I know you guys are, are growing and expanding in so many different ways. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was an honor to have you here.
1: Yeah, it was so it was super, super great. Thank you. And, wow. um, and I'm on all kinds of social channels at Kara Golden, and it's going to be in pre-sale on Amazon. It's called uh, Undaunted. Uh, and guys, by Kara Golden, and uh, it'll be in
0: pre-sale in a couple weeks. I love it. Definitely. We'll make sure we put the show in the show notes and guys, just go sign up and get hint on delivered to your home. You will thank me later. Kara, hey. thank you so much for just making these amazing products that enhance all of our lives and congratulations on the book. And thank I'll, you I'll, so uh, much. I'll pre-order it for sure. All right. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Thanks Kara for being here. We'll see you back here next week.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Bye. Bye. To join the absolutely free live launch workshop where you will learn the simplest method on the planet to simplify your launches and scale your service-based business online, text live launch, all one word, to 44222. Text live launch to 44222. We'll see you on the inside.